Welcome to the Newtown Business Association's Business School Podcast. Our goal is to help you make the most of your business by providing you with information and advice from fellow NBA members. I'm your host, Rodney Warner. Welcome to the Newtown Business Association Business School Podcast, and this episode is about human resources issues. Joining me is Eileen Austin, who is a HR representative with the First National Bank and Trust Company of Newtown, and thank you for your time, Eileen. Thank you, Rodney. How are you? I'm doing okay, and Eileen was nice enough to be on a prior podcast, and and she's uh, she's back again, and we're planning on doing a series of podcasts on HR issues. Today's episode is about hiring. So, Eileen, what factors should a business consider before deciding to create a new position or replace uh, someone who leads? Yes, I think the first thing is to figure out if it's really necessary to fill that position. Um, if it's a new position, or even if it's one you're trying to replace, is it possible that the work can be parceled out to other employees? Um, sometimes as business has become more automated, there's there's more downtime for employees and maybe they have room in their schedules to do it. So you want to consider that. It shouldn't just be based on, we've always had this position or this is the way it's always been done. You want to look at that. If that's If you truly do need the new position, um, you'll want to make sure you have a job description so that you know what all the duties are, what you really need. So you want to determine if it needs to be full-time or part-time. And then, of course, you want to consider the costs, the cost of salary, salary taxes, benefits, contribution to retirement accounts, all of that um, when you're deciding whether to post the position. So after you decide that you need more help, how do you decide whether you need to actually hire somebody or whether you can maybe subcontract the work out to an independent contractor somebody who does gig work, you know, how do you decide which way to go? Sure. I think part of that is the type of work it is. Um, if it's something that is your business's specialty or involves your business's trade secrets, things like that, then you probably want to consider keeping it in-house. If it's something that doesn't really require much oversight from you, you might want to consider subbing it out if it's something like cleaning or maintenance or, like you said, or something that's a specialty of someone else, but maybe not, not your business's area of expertise. And that, too, you want, to, you want to keep costs in mind. You're going to think about the costs, again, of benefits, salary, supervision, administrative work. Is that worth it or is there more value having it in-house? You have more control over the position that way as well, too less control over it if the work is subbed out. There's all that to think about. Whose area of expertise is it? Is it really something that can be done within your company or is it going to be better served by by subbing it out to someone who's an expert? And and then weigh the costs as well. What are the do's and don'ts when you're posting or advertising a, a job opening? Well, there's a lot of them. First off, I think you want to start with the job posting that you create. It should be accurate. It should accurately describe what's going on in the job. Um, if you haven't made job descriptions before, there's a lot of resources online. You probably want to consult with legal counsel as well. But start with that job description and make a posting from there. It should be really accurate and honest. You don't you want your company to be attractive, but you want it to be attractive to the people that are going to have the right skills and be a good fit in the company. So you don't want to try to make it attractive to everyone, but rather just truthfully describe what's going on, what the job is, what the company culture's like, and that will attract people who have those 
skills and abilities and the desire to work in that kind of environment as well. So there's always that. There's You want to highlight any attractive benefits you have, but be really truthful. For instance, you don't want to say things like flexible hours. If, if they're really not flexible, if you really need somebody there from nine to five, you want to be honest about that. Things like stating it's great. You hear the phrase work-life balance a lot. So saying we have a great work-life balance. If you're going to say that, you know, make sure you have something to back that up with. Um, Otherwise, it's better to leave it out. There are people looking for all different scenarios. There are people who want a very structured nine to five job. There are people who want flexibility. You'll find qualified candidates with all of that. You want to also be really careful when you're posting a job um, that you don't use any language that could be considered discriminatory. And that can look different ways. So you don't want to use gender pronouns. You don't want to talk about anything that might imply somebody's age that you're looking for, unless it's a true requirement. Like for instance, it's a requirement that someone be over the age of 18 in order to fill that position. And you probably save that for the application questions where you'd ask it as a question, but you do want to make sure that your language is not and can't be construed as discriminatory in any way. So if you're in doubt about it, leave it out. Um, I always tell people you don't want to put things in your advertising like waitress wanted or waiter wanted or anything like that that's gender specific or something that says it's great job for moms of young children or things like that. You want to leave that information out completely because, you know, you're excluding people then and anybody can be a great fit for your job. That's in any, any age group, any gender, any ethnicity. I remember seeing a job posting on LinkedIn. It was uh, one of the regional coffee chains and they were looking for people like baristas and people who work in a, for a coffee outfit. And, and the, the photo was of very young attractive white women and there were like five or six of them if you want a diverse group of people applying for your job maybe you shouldn't just limit it to everybody looks the same you know not that's, yeah not that's not, a- not that i have anything against young attractive white women but if part of your goal is to have a diverse workforce then you've got to do more than just say it if you're using photos then the photos have to say it too I agree 100%. And you can even, depending on on how you're advertising, if you just have one photo, then obviously you may need to make sure that that includes a, a diverse group of people, as you said. Or if you have, maybe you're putting something out on Facebook or LinkedIn or something like that, and you might even have a, a few different photos. You can put it out at different times with different different photos attached, but I agree 100%. Anything that makes it look like you're, you're only looking for a specific group is is probably not a good idea. So what are some interviewing do's and don'ts? Well, again, a lot of interviewing do's and don'ts. Um, you want to make sure that you've told your interviewee honestly about the job and the culture in the advertising like we talked about it. But at the same time, you might not want to lead with a whole lot of information in the beginning because you want to hear what their answers really are to a lot of their questions. You can find out a lot about what they're looking for in a work environment or what situations they're good at at working with, like for instance, customer service. If you tell people exactly what you want the customer service to look like in the interview, you know, they're likely going to give you those answers back. They're looking for a job. They want to get the job. If instead you ask them questions about what good customer service looks like to them, then you're going to get a better feeling of, of how they might respond in situations that come up in your job. It's a good idea to ask them about what they did and didn't like about their past jobs before you tell them a a lot about your company culture. 
to give you a better idea of whether they, they fit. But um, then you do want to tell them what's expected in your own company, of course, too. You don't want to hide it. Finding out where they're really coming from is really good. If you find out they love the freedom to make their own decisions and they feel oppressed by direct management, you need to consider whether that job that you're advertising for fits that or not. Just listen very well and have a lot of open-ended questions that ask them about previous experience. Um, you may find someone who maybe wasn't working in your industry or didn't look on their application like an exact match, but look at that too. If some of the skills that they had in their previous positions could align with what you're looking for, um, like maybe they haven't ever been in your industry, but they've been great at customer service and you're looking at a customer service facing role, then that could probably translate. You can teach the specifics of your industry probably a little bit better to someone who has a great record in customer service experience and is a friendly, outgoing person than to someone who maybe that's not their skill set or they don't really like to work with people, but they're an expert in your industry. Other than the technical requirements that you might want in someone to fill a job, personality-wise, outlook-wise, how do you tell if somebody's a good fit for the I job, think... for the organization, for the coworkers? You're just talking to them for what, a half an hour, maybe had some phone calls. You look at a resume. How do you figure that out? Right. And exactly. And it can be, it can be challenging, but I think those open-ended questions come into play again, not talking too much at first, but letting them talk. You can, you can find out a little bit about it. You also want to use their references. Um, on an application, you can ask for some references. You can, after your interview, call or email the people who are their references. Check with their previous employers. Um, a lot of times, previous employers are limited in what information they'll, they'll give out. They might limit it to just um, dates of employment and job title. But if someone is willing to talk with you about the person's work performance, that can be really valuable to you as well. Um, you can even look at the places that they've worked before. If you have any knowledge of or can find out anything about them, you might know whether it's a similar culture or not. And then you want to see, you know, how they did, they, you know, if they said they were there for seven years, you know, you might want to check and see, is that actually true? And Again, I think a lot of those open-ended questions can be can be helpful in knowing that. It can be helpful to have references um, within your own company, too. Like sometimes your employees will recommend acquaintances or friends, and they know your culture. And so they're a good judge of whether the person they're recommending will be a fit in that culture, too. So that can be valuable as well. So you work for a bank. I do. You're hiring people to work for a bank, and people at banks handle a lot of money. And they deal with clients, very, you know, information that's very important to them and information they don't want spread around. Correct. So I assume that if not for all your positions, maybe a lot of them, that you do background checks. We of, do. Of, yes. Of candidates. I mean, what do you see for an employer who maybe isn't a bank and who doesn't have piles of cash lying around? What are the pluses and minuses of, of background checks? Well, I think um, the first thing you want to do is make sure uh, what type of background checks do you want to do? And then again, I, I highly recommend consulting with legal counsel, making sure that the kind of checking you're doing is, is legally permitted to be used in the decision-making for your hiring. And then also you want to make sure you're following all the Fair Credit Reporting Act rules as well, giving your, if you're going to do a background check on someone you're most likely going to need to give them a disclosure about that, have them sign off on it and be aware that that's happening. Um, and then how you're going to use that information in your 
hiring decision. And that if you do use it, there needs to be some communication with that, that candidate on how you used it and why you came to the decision that you did. So you wanna make sure you're doing everything legally and above board, first of all. It can be very helpful. Um, references and employment verification are really useful to know if your candidate's being truthful. Um, even, even just verifying the dates, as I was talking about before, um, can, can work. And you know, as I said, sometimes that's all the information you can get from other companies, but sometimes someone's willing to talk to you about someone's um, work performance and their character as well. Um, using personal references is a really good idea too. Um, but again, I think um, background checks can be very useful, but it depends on your industry and, and what's legally permitted too. In your experience and your philosophy, as far as uh, human resources are concerned, what do you think is the most valuable thing a job candidate can bring to an organization? I think um, it probably depends somewhat on the particular job, but I think having a person who has integrity, a person who has a good work ethic, who has a willingness to learn and a desire to work towards achieving the company's goals are very valuable. So you want to be very aware of what your company's goals are. And then during that application and interview process that you've made sure you've touched on those things with that person that in your checking um, previous with previous employers and things like that, you, you kind of see that, that that's how things line up. So the fact, as I said, that, they're, that they have integrity and that they want to work towards the company's goals. Now, I assume, you know, as far as people who get hired for the bank, it's, it's kind of a group decision. It's more than one person, yes. you know, part of the process. So if a listener is part of this process and somebody else who's part of the process might be thinking things that might get you in legal trouble. Mm -hmm. John had a great job interview, but I think he's kind of old for this job. Susan's very impressive, but I think she might get pregnant really soon. And, you know, maybe she's not the right person to hire. I mean, if you're part of this group and someone kind of throws that out there, how do you handle that? Well, I think it's really, really important um, to the people who are going to be involved in the hiring decision need to be really well educated. Um, and by you, if you're the person in charge of hiring, if you're the human resources person, then that's your responsibility to make sure that they're educated about that. They need to know that that's discrimination and that discrimination of that sort can be really costly to the company or could be costly to them personally. It's not legal to discriminate against people for those reasons. And there's really no guarantees. I mean, first of all, people of different ages can be great employees for, for different or the same reasons. Um, a woman who, a woman may become pregnant, of course, but anyone could have a leave of absence or decide not to stay with the company. Those factors should just be not considered. So you need to educate the person on that. Um, you need to remind them that the best person for the job is the most qualified person for the job. Gender, race, age, person's address doesn't come into it at all. Um, one of the things you can do is, if it's possible is that when you're giving information to the hiring manager, you might give a resume that has the, the name, the address, any, anything that might identify age or gender blacked out from the resume so that they just get to see what the person's qualifications are and whether that seems like a good fit for their position. Um, but I can't emphasize enough that they, 
they need to be made to understand that those things are actually not legal. And not only are they not legal, but they're really not good for your company because again, you want the best person for the job. Um, and those, those external things, they really don't, they don't figure into that decision. They don't determine whether someone's going to be a good fit for the job or not. Whether through the application process, somewhere along the process, you learn that someone's been fired. Yes. Maybe from maybe a long time ago, maybe the most recent job. How do you handle that? Well, I think you can ask them about it. That can be part of your screening process when you're in the interviewing process. If you find that out, we actually have a question on our application that asks if someone has been um, asked to leave the position or been fired from the position and they um, they can answer that. And then you you can question them about it. You can ask if they're they're willing to tell you what that was about. That can give you some insight into whether it's something that makes a difference or not to you when you're hiring them. Being let go is not always a detrimental thing to someone. It's not a sign that you should not necessarily hire the person. It, it could have been that phrase that we say sometimes not a good fit. That just wasn't the right place and time for that person. So it doesn't need to be something that excludes them from being hired by your company, but maybe just something you want to find out a little bit more about. When you're screening out applicants, mm -hmm. you know, you touched on this a little bit before, but maybe it's someone who, who doesn't look like they really hit the bullseye qualifications wise, but they still might be a, a great employee. I mean, how do you juggle screening out applicants who aren't a good fit versus, you know, maybe the person in the no pile might actually be a great employee. I mean, how do you balance that? Well, it's, it's a tricky thing, but I think that, um, as I said before, if you see, keep your eyes open for things that might translate to your job. It might not be the exact same duties, but they might be related. It might not be the exact same education, but it might apply. Yeah, different skills can absolutely translate over different industries, um, different experience. Um, so you might want to um, use some some testing. Um, there's different, and different industries all have different things. You can you can Google things to find out um, what might be available. But there can be skills based testing. There can be personality assessments. Um, all of those things to help you see whether a person might might be a good fit, even if their qualifications don't exactly match up. And, and that happens a lot. Is there anything else you want to tell us that might be helpful for you know an NBA member who's thinking about hiring or is going through a hiring process? Absolutely. I think in addition to everything we just talked about, I think a really important point is to not rush it. I know it's it's stressful when you have an open position and everybody's very anxious to get the position filled, but it can wind up being more costly in every way to fill it with a person who's not the right person for the position um, just because you really want to, you're desperate to have somebody in the position. You need a warm body to fill the spot. So I would say don't rush the process. Be willing to take your time to find the candidate that's a really good fit. I greatly appreciate your time. Well, I thank you very much. And thank you for listening, folks out there in podcast land. Thank you for listening to the Newtown Business Association Business School Podcast. Uh, once again, we're going to be doing a couple more uh, podcasts on human resources issues. And until then, thank you very much.
Thank you for listening to the Newtown Business Association's Business School Podcast. You can learn more about the NBA and join the association at newtownba.org. That's www.newtownba.org.